Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Stir the Pot, a podcast all about food and the people that love it. On today's episode, I am joined by someone that I have known for a few years now. I initially met her back in 2011 when she styled my second book, um, Say It With Cake. Since then, she has utterly blown up. She released her first book, A Modern Way to Eat, in 2014, and her second book, more recently, A Modern Way to Cook. She has been named as the new Nigella. She is, of course, the brilliant Anna Jones. In the episode, we talk about Anna's approach to cooking, uh, why I'm a fan, and why I don't think she falls into that annoying clean eating brigade, actually what she thinks of clean eating as a trend. We also exclusively talk about her new book, which I'm very excited about. Um, I also just want to say I am currently running a competition to give away a copy of Jordan Burke's Healthy Baking, which we talked about in an episode a couple of weeks ago. Um, If you were listening to this before Sunday, uh, on the week this was released, uh, you can enter to win a copy of the book simply by DMing me on Instagram with the name of the restaurant that Jordan first worked in after leaving cookery school. It's open till Sunday and I will pick a winner at random and I will post that book out. Unfortunately, that is only uh, on for people in the UK as I can't post that abroad. I also just want to say a massive thank you for continuing to listen to the podcast. It really means a lot that you're enjoying these episodes and that you're listening along. Um, I also just want to say I keep getting a lot of tweets at the moment saying you have gone and bought the guest's cookbook and that really makes me happy because I think that means we're getting the story of the guest across really nicely. So thank you for that and you know, if you do buy the book, tell the guests um, that you bought their book because it also makes them really um, happy. Um, and it makes me quite chuffed really. Um, Obviously I do this podcast purely for the love of it, I don't earn a penny from it, there is no advertising, but if you do want to support the podcast, all you have to do is give it a tweet, you know, tweet about it, tell people that you're listening, um, review it on iTunes, if you want to give it five stars, who am I to complain? Um, It would really help the podcast get listened to more people, and I would love that. Um, If you want to follow me on social media, I am at theboywhobakes on pretty much everything, But as you are here already, you probably know that. So let's just get into today's episode. So, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. (laughs) Finally, I have to keep forgetting. Did I forget once that we were arranged to do it? I think maybe you forgot once and then... I'm very professional. Yeah, I'm very professional too. And then last time I had to cancel because my little boy wasn't very well. So I think that's the the perfect excuse, though. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, But anyway, it's freezing cold today, so I'm very thankful for my cocoa tea. Oh yes, Uh, bit of cocoa husk. Yeah. Oh no. Do you know? I know it's one of those things where um, I think a lot of people don't know what it is and think it's one of those oh slightly weird health products. Yeah. But um, I've never drunk it for health. I drink it because it's bloody delicious. It tastes like chocolate. Yeah, well, so the more aromatic chocolate when you smell yeah. it, it smells like pure chocolate. Yeah, we're drinking this delicious cocoa tea, Hosca aren't we? Tea. Basically, yeah, it's and the leftovers from when you make yeah, chocolate. Yeah, and it's just a waste product otherwise. Yeah. So it's kind of, I mean, it's pretty on trend with all the waste <laughs> stuff going well, on right now. That's me in my. Um, I'm not wearing check shirts for once. <laughs> After um, 15 years of following trends, no. But yeah, it's so yeah, it's just so delicious, isn't it? it it's is kind delicious. of like. A mixture between a really refreshing cup of tea yeah. and a lovely hot chocolate. Totally, yeah. And also, for me, it gives me that kind of like 
Yeah, no, no, totally. Without the kind of craziness of coffee. Well, so I've had quite a lot of caffeine today, so um, this is helping me stabilise a little bit. Talk very, 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 very quickly. No, no, literally, I was having a a meeting (laughs) earlier, and I suddenly realised no one heard a word I just said, because it was like... (laughs) So, um, deep breaths, calmness, sereneness, cocoa tea, all good. Doing some yogic positions, <laughs> deep breathing. I've tried yoga so many times and I love it and then I always forget. Like today, I brought my bike. I'm trying to be healthy oh, again. Oh yeah, so, um, very impressive. Um, pff, you wouldn't know how close I am and how much it winded me <laughs> Tomorrow will be my furthest ride so far. Oh. So. Anyway, enough of uh, <laughs> weird talk. Um, so you started your career um, in food anyway. Uh, through 15 yeah but how did what was your connection to food like before that what was your kind of um well yeah my food life um yeah it feels like it's sort of really obviously well everyone's food life starts at day one otherwise (laughs) you know the whole life thing doesn't really work yeah had a a big thing for dairy earlier on Um, (laughs) um but no food has been something that's kind of driven me I guess for a very long time um I was that kind of really geeky little kid that was inside kind of making lemon mousse and (laughs) doing 80s things like frosting grapes when everyone else was like out playing and stuff I was just and how do you frost a grape oh you basically I mean it's pretty disgusting you just get a grape and dip it dip it in raw egg white and then in sugar I mean I I, I literally I haven't done it again since somehow I imagined there was like um hat like, like a, a snowman's hat yeah, or like something. A, like a frosting machine. Yeah. Um, no, it's literally covering them in egg white and, and, and sort of granulated sugar. It's not something I'd recommend. No. But, you know, it was the late 80s, so, um, or maybe early 90s, who knows. Um, yeah, so I was kind of, I've always been really driven by food. Yeah. My mum, I wasn't the kind of like, you know, pull up a chair and stir the jam pan, because my mum's not a... You know, she likes cooking and she's a good cook, but she's not one of those mums mm. who, like, spent all of Sunday, or, you know, preserving yeah. or whatever. She more kind of just got dinner on the table for us. Sure. Um, which I think was the, the sort of the reality for lots of working mums, as Completely. I am finding out myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, so that was kind of punctuating things. My mum was amazing because she, even though she didn't really cook loads... Or, 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 or kind of like stand with me while she cooks. She would always furnish me with the stuff. Yeah. So she bought me loads of cookbooks. She bought me all the ingredients. She really like gave me the confidence and opportunity to like cook dinner for the family twice a week. Mm. And I'm sure a few times they were literally like, mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it just... Frosted grapes for dinner. Yeah, yeah frosted grapes for dinner again. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it just meant that... It wasn't a big thing. It wasn't an adult thing. Yeah. It wasn't something that was like, you know, them For and us. Yeah, yeah, I was really interested in the whole process from a really young age. So, yeah, the cooking kind of carried on. and it, But as I kind of went to school and university and did all of the more academic stuff... Mm. Um, for some reason, even though I'm quite a creative person, I was kind of... I think maybe it was because of the time as well. Yeah. You know, I was I was literally born the week Thatcher came into power. <laughs> so I mean it was quite a different time and mm. then, you know, through those eighties and nineties. Oh, is it quite similar stuff, right now? <laughs> wow, well, yeah, exactly. We've kinda of gone back round. Mm. It's taken a while. But um yeah, it it 
I guess there was a focus on different stuff. I think creativity is so embraced now in yeah, education, completely. and that's amazing. And the schools I went to were brilliant schools, but they very much focused on like getting academia, getting a real job, yeah, and yeah. getting a real job exactly. So I was like, oh yeah, like I'll go and work in a bank, or I'll be a lawyer, or something. <laughs> and I just completely like shut down the whole kind of creative yeah. side of my brain, really. Um, and never considered cooking as something that could be the thing yeah. that supports me and my family. And, you know, and I also, I guess, never really understood that you can do what you love and it can be your job at the same time. Yeah. So there can be that kind of fluidity in life where, which I guess you have now, yeah, where completely. there's no... There doesn't seem any difference between being <laughs> that at work. causes and, other issues. Yeah, it does, definitely. But, yeah. Work until 7am. Um, <laughs> and we've all been there. But um, it just means that life is life. Yeah, and, completely. And, you know, that kind of... It's more satisfying as well. Yeah. I think I, I've always live in, uh, lived with the motto of kind of, if you do something you love, it never feels like work. And it's a cliche, but it's kind of true because I can be working incredibly hard, you know, on some job but it's still satisfying and it still gives you something yeah. and you don't go home like, oh, I hated that mm, occasionally. Mm. But generally, it just satisfies you way more. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, you know, I think we're really lucky to mm. be in that position. Um, but I, I feel really strongly that if, if you can, you know, if I can shout about how, you know, my story came about, yeah. then it might inspire other people who are thinking, hey, you know, I really like plants. Or, <laughs> you know, I love spreadsheets. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be about, like, you know, some brilliant... I'm in this really pretty job and I want to go work yeah. in the office. Yeah, <laughs> yeah follow your dreams. The, exactly, yeah. it can be the other way around. I do love um, the fact that you, um, you literally saw an article in the paper and then days later you'd signed up for Jamie Oliver. Yeah. You know? That's yeah, a very quick turnaround. It was a massively quick turnaround. I think it was like literally within a week. Wow. I had, I, I I saw this article in the paper. Um, I just and and it was basically all about like which part of the Sunday paper you turn to first and yeah. how that determines what your calling is, whatever your calling <laughs> means. But and for me, it hope was, it fits in the yeah, Sunday papers. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, luckily for me, mine yeah. did. It was always the restaurants. And that was like a light bulb moment. I was like, okay, I've got to do something in food. Yeah. But as I said, it had always been kind of like pushed to the back as something mm. that's just like, you know, the way I have my dinner or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, and then that next, that, that day at work, I found the 15 program. <laughs> I never thought they'd take me because, you know, I had a formal education. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I wasn't perhaps the kind of, you know, stereotypical person. Yeah, this um, is mainly It's mainly people from, yeah, from, from, from kind of like more challenge, yeah. challenging backgrounds and people who kind of really need a leg up. Yeah. And, you know, 15 has been absolutely amazing for me, but... Absolutely. I wasn't in a situation where if I didn't have 15... You had nothing else. ...things wouldn't have gone okay. And I think, you know, that's a really important distinction that they make these days. But, but yeah, so I basically signed up for 15. Never thought I would get in there. Um, But two days later, had an interview. They selected me. Then that weekend, we had this weird outward-bound weekend (laughs) where, like, (laughs) Jamie Oliver was there. He wasn't as famous as he is now, but he was still a famous person. Oh, I remember remember when 15 Um, was set up. He was still definitely famous. Yeah, Yeah. and I was literally like, well, this is so weird. (laughs) Doing a salt class with Jamie Oliver. Yeah, (laughs) and it was such a load of misfits as well because there were a few people a bit more kind of like me. There was, like, my friend Asher, another friend Kieran, and then there was like all of the like like one of my friends Ben who like 
you know, became a really good mate through the course. Mm. But he was like properly like been stealing cars until about wow. you know until about two hours before he came. And, <laughs> he drove there in and, the and there car. we were, me and Ben trying to wow. like use like seventeen hay bales to build a bridge over this thing with like Jamie Oliver being like, "Come on, girl, come on, get in there." I was just like, "This is so absurd and so weird." <laughs> You're like, so is this brilliant. what I want to do for the next two years? Yeah, exactly. I was like. Are these? Is this actually like kind of some kind of spoof show? I don't know what's going on. Yeah. So yeah, at the end of the weekend, I got selected, and literally by the next Monday, I walked in, handed in my notice, and then I was cooking by the Wednesday. So. So when you actually originally applied, did you have like an end goal of what you wanted food in your life to be? Like, did you have a career aim, or did you just want to work in restaurants? Or was there? It was not as premeditated as that. No, I think it was just quite pure. I just wanted to spend my days cooking. Sure. And when I actually did end up in the restaurant spending my days cooking, I kept thinking someone's going to come and tap me on the shoulder and be like, ha ha, good one. You don't actually get paid for this. <laughs> yeah, um, but, you know, that hasn't happened so far. So, no, for me, it was just more I wanted to be cooking. Yeah. And how my career has panned out has just been a lovely, natural, sort of organic thing. Mm. Um I think after a while in the kitchen, I realised that um, that yeah, that kitchens are pretty hardcore. And yeah, and I think it, it attracts a certain type of per- not a certain type of person, but it's a certain type of mentality. And yeah. and for me, it definitely didn't fit my personality. Yeah. And I think that's not a bad thing. Yeah. I just think it's a different thing. Yeah, I think it is, and I think there's definitely. I just don't think the kitchen brings out the best, Mm -hmm. the the side of me that I really like, because I can definitely, um, I've definitely got like a a kind of like sort of self-sacrifice switch (laughs) where I will work really long hours. You know, I can be, you know, be a bit more, um, what's the word? Not not aggressive, but I can be a bit more extreme. Yeah, yeah. extreme, and I can be a bit more kind of alpha female, yeah. I yeah, guess. Yeah. Um, which is not uh, how I would describe yeah, you which, at all. Yeah, which definitely isn't. No. which isn't the side of myself that I really love. And but I, I suppose it helps you a little bit because I mean, uh, so the, I, when I first met you, um, you styled my second book. Yeah, which was so fun. It was a it was a very very fun shoot. But I do remember uh, how unbelievably organized you were it was a little bit of a whirlwind you know I'd worked with many stylists before but I hadn't worked with someone who I don't know there was a, a, a huge tenacity in that energy and very very organized oh thanks um, and you and Emily kept me organized. in that's literally the best comment I've ever had well maybe that's just I'm in like comparison to me <laughs> no, I think you're quite organized but um yeah I think um it's definitely, I think the the more time I've been on this planet, the more yeah. I've got to know myself. And whilst my, you know, personal life is definitely a long way from organised, <laughs> I at least try and show up at work. You have a one-year-old, and, I don't think you need to be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I at least show up at work stuff and try and have yeah. a bit of a game plan. And yeah. I think... I think that is actually probably the really good thing about, you know, we were talking a bit earlier about like having that kind of like um, quite structured academic um, education, but then having this quite creative brain. And I think actually some quite creative people find it quite difficult to kind of like hone in, you know, an organisation. But And I do sometimes, but... I do feel like that's it's quite a good set of skills to have. I mm. think. Um, I think so. I think definitely, and I think um, I I don't think some people can go straight into a creative field without 
realizing that that's what they need yeah, for, uh, yeah. from my background like I went to university did what I thought I was supposed to do yeah ended up in a job that I hated similar way that you yeah. did and it wasn't until I got to a point where I realized I can't do this any longer yeah. I have to do something that makes me happy mm. but then I think the university side especially gave me a helping hand in how I manage my business and yeah. how I work yeah I mean I'm not good at it most of the time no. but at least it's there in my head you know? yeah and I don't think I think we can be all too quick or I can definitely be all too quick to like bash like you know that you know education but oh, I know now it's when super I'm, important to me yeah trying to write an article or trying to you know even write a recipe or something like that I know that all of those history lessons all of those geography lessons all of those English lessons yeah. you know Although that wasn't anything that I've taken with me, I know that 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 is the reason why I can, you know, string a sentence together, basically, (laughs) um, most days. Um, (laughs) um, But yeah. So um, you lived in California until you were seven. Yeah. Do you think that influences any of your food now? Because from my point of view, I would often describe your food as akin to California cuisine in that it's ingredient driven it's very vegetable focused yeah and you know meat is obviously with you being uh, vegetarian it isn't the center of uh, a meal yeah absolutely um I think that California kind of got into my bloodstream and Mm. has stayed there um and it's kind of been a theme throughout my whole life my sister still lives in LA so I'm over there um you know usually go over to try and go over there for a few weeks every year I mean which is really tough and it's horrible um and it's grey and it's muggy um no it's really nice um and um my you know the my dad's got 12 brothers and sisters and the matriarch of the family is this amazing lady auntie Avril Uh, she's kind of my hero and she spent her whole um you know until she was sort of 50 she lived out in California so we used to go out and visit her all the time so I've got this wonderful connection with California and I get a lot of inspiration there Mm. I just think the produce there is off the charts Um, I think we've got some amazing produce here in the UK that you can't get there Um, and I think our kind of you know I'm really enjoying this winter actually yeah I'm really um you know and 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 I've really enjoyed the kind of winter soups and I'm really looking forward to some Mm. some lovely spring stuff which is you know coming around the corner no completely I would say though I Definitely agree with you in terms of California. I visited um, California for the first time last year. Went to San Francisco. Yes. And I utterly fell in love with everything generally, but the food culture was insane. Yeah. Um, I remember I was staying uh, not too far from Byright, which is yeah. just the most incredible the best, supermarket. Best. I flew home with my lemons because I'd never had one yeah, before. Yeah, they're so amazing, and aren't they? The produce was. You know, in a certain way, I think especially kind of that type of ingredient, like citrus yeah. in California, is insane. Yeah, it's off the charts. Um, Fruit there is yeah. amazing. Well, it's all amazing, and I think what the Californian farmers can do because they've got so much sunshine, they've got so many yeah. varieties. Yeah, they yeah. kind of they they do, and I think that's what I love about California so much is that because America is quite a new country, and because I think California in itself is a real mixture of lots mm-hmm. of different cultures they don't have this kind of like traditional yeah. um, rigid way of cooking yeah. they will mix a lemon and a tangerine and call it a tangelo or whatever um, they <laughs> a don't, pluot yeah, big fan yeah, of a pluot, pluot yeah. love that um, but yeah they don't have the rigidity and mm-hmm. you know they will use miso in a bowl of pasta or something yeah. and 
you know, sometimes I think that that can be a bit <laughs> offbeat, but I we've think, all had the weird mixtures yeah, of ingredients. Like, no, this doesn't quite work. But I think that's one of the things I really love mm. is their kind of freedom to cook. What? Yeah, and you talk about buy right. I mean, <sighs> I mean, I spent. <gasps> it's not cheap. Like yeah. I would just look most of the time, oh. um, but it was beautiful. It's amazing, isn't yeah. it? The first time I went in there, I, I literally nearly <clears throat> fell over. Um, <laughs> well, because it's quite tight and compact. Well, but... yeah. There's also is it <clears throat> Rainbow Stores? Did yeah. you go there? Rainbow which is stores, another yeah. amazing grocery store. There they've got like you know you just you don't buy jars of peanut butter. They've just got these massive vats of yeah. different nut butters, and you just spoon it into your own <laughs> jars that you bring from home. And I mean, it's so dreamy. It's, yeah. it's not real life, really, for us here in London. But no, it is for people no. in San Francisco. And yeah, that's which is why thing. I was like, oh, I'm going to try and move. Yeah, like, yeah. The, my first thought when going to San Francisco is, how do I move here? Yeah. How do I afford it? Yeah. And the was I don't. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> it's a very expensive city to live in. We lived north of there for for when we lived in America for like mm. seven years. So it was yeah, it was an amazing place to grow up. And... Do you remember the food there when you were? Because Seven's quite young. Yeah, still. I don't really remember the food that much. I remember definitely um, the lifestyle being quite outdoorsy. I remember it being having lots of fresh ingredients. I remember mm. amazing fresh fruits. I remember going to markets. I remember the frozen yogurt shop at the end of the road, <laughs> yeah. which you know I don't. That is like a symbol of California food, really. Yeah. Or especially early California, yeah, that nineties yeah, California yeah, yeah, food. Yeah, yeah, frozen yogurt. Um, but now it's like frozen yogurt only really sort of like reared its head here. Like yeah, what yeah. like and then all the shops closed. Eight, ten years ago or something, yeah. maybe even less than that. Yeah. And you know I don't want to give away my age but it was quite a long time before that that I was running around as a seven-year-old <laughs> and frozen yogurt so it just feels like it feels to me like going to California is sometimes like stepping forward yeah. a bit. I know what you mean yeah um and it feels like things then kind of filter down here and I'm sure stuff from us goes over there as well but it just seems a bit less exciting <laughs> because we already have that so <laughs> I do think you're right I think we definitely I've said this before on, on different episodes that I think one of the things Brits, uh, as a food culture, do very well is take from the places. Yeah. Uh, not just necessarily ideas, but ingredients and, and styles, mm. and kind of adopt them as our own. Mm. Mm. Um, and I think kind of I definitely remember when um, California cuisine was talked of as like the next trend coming yeah. over here. Yeah. And I think you're part of that, but I also think it's one of those slow things that has just been gently yeah. rearing its head mm. in mm. food here for a long time. Yeah, and I think the true meaning of California cuisine, which, you know, when I think about California cuisine, I think about Chez Panisse. Yeah, I think course, about yeah. those, you know, I think about that amazing vegetarian restaurant, Greens, that was started by Deborah Madison. And all actually that is about is about cooking as simply as possible yeah. and letting the produce shine. And I think that is actually what so much of the food scene here yeah. is about as well. So it's kind of... You look at places it, like Lyle's yeah, and, and yeah. um, Spring. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. and they're kind of very simple, very little mm. done to mm. to alter the food. And yeah. it is definitely, as you say, celebrating produce. And that connection between yeah. farmer and cook, mm. which I think we'd lost a bit here, you know, and I think, you know, that's what, you know, Spring is spearheading. Yeah. It's so amazing that they've, you know, this is like Spring Restaurant and they've got this amazing partnership with Firm Vero, that biodynamic farm. And I think that that, you know, they do so well in California and it's starting to happen here. And if, you know, because farming, there's so little money in farming now that it actually needs, you know, amazing 
top restaurants like Spring Shout say, right, it. okay, yeah. I'm going to support this farm. And, yeah. you know, they've shown that it does work on every level, you know, on the plate in terms of, you know, the kind of finances and stuff. So, Well, I think it's also things like with where you buy your ingredients from. Um, I did a recipe for my site uh, last week, I guess, that was um, using bergamot. Mm. Something I'm obsessed with, but mm. you can't buy that in a supermarket. No, you know, and you can't buy that in all green grocers. No, and I think it's interesting to see what, as a nation, has been decided that we're going to eat. Yeah, and I think there are places you can go to find more interesting and support local yeah. farmers, yeah. or even just explore what else is out there mm. other than mm. you know, easy peeler oranges, yeah. which aren't a thing. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, but you said something interesting. Um, it always reminds me of. Um, one of Jamie's first campaign shows where that connection between food and the people who make it or grow it yeah. disappeared. And it was when he asked a kid um, where a hamburger comes from. And he he said something really weird, like, not a cow. He had no idea that this thing that he eats all the time yeah. comes from this animal. Yeah, I think it was, it was a hamburger, but also he held up... Um, he held up some chips. Yes. And there were loads and loads of vegetables on the table, I remember, because I was, yeah, sort of hanging out in the back of the classroom at the time, like, really <laughs> wide-eyed, like, is this really happening? Yeah. And the kid went through all the things, and it literally didn't know a chip. This poor little kid didn't know wow. that chip was from a potato. And they picked out the rhubarb as the thing that, wow. chip, you know, which kind of makes sense in a way because it's Same a similar sort of colour, yeah. but, you know, I mean, similar shape, not yeah. similar colour, obviously. It depends on what type um, of potato it's made from. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, yeah, that was quite shocking, I think. Mm. And, and I think, you know, that was a certain moment in time in food. Yeah, when, definitely. Um, I think we were all quite disassociated yeah. from produce and from farmers and yeah. from the source of our food and I think luckily that has changed mm. quite a lot I think down to Jamie down to lots of other amazing people well you were working with Jamie around that time because yeah. after 15 you worked with him for seven years yeah for seven seven years yeah so did that campaign that he kind of started in that period have an effect on you because I think your kind of the way you approach food seems to reflect that kind of uh, market-driven, and you know, uh, looking at the uh, supplier yeah, kind yeah. of side of things. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, Jamie Oliver had, like, an incredible impact on me, you know, as a person and also as a cook. Um, he is just kind of like a dynamo of energy, yeah. which kind of every day I'm literally like, oh, God, every day I work from, I was like, oh, God, you're still going. It's 11.30 and I work for you, so I can't stop until you stop, um, which is amazing. And it's yeah. just taught me that it's just the most incredible work ethic. But, yeah, definitely um, his kind of ethos and his, you know, campaigns that I worked on, um, I think... Mm, you know, there's so many things they taught me. I think one was, Mm. you know, because obviously Jamie's from kind of the River Cottage, not River Cottage, River Cafe background, which is similar to Chez Panisse that we talked about, all like heroing ingredients. So he drummed that into me when I was training at 15 with him. Um, But I think working on those campaigns, what it highlighted to me was that, you know, we're really in a bubble here in London. We're in a food bubble. Yeah. And, you know, we have, we do have bergamot, our local greengrocers. <laughs> yes, we do. And we do have, you know, 
Turkish, you know, chili flakes, you yeah. know, at seven shops within like, yeah, you yeah. know, a five minute run. Yeah. If it's that much of a Turkish, <laughs> you know, chili emergency. Um, but going and traveling around the country with like the, the school dinners campaign and the Ministry yeah. of Food campaigns and stuff like that made me realize that th- that's not the reality. Mm. And I still think it's not the reality. So, you know, since then, when I've been writing recipes, you know, with the exception of some flowery ones, I, sure. I, I try and keep in mind that, you know, everyone's reading, yeah. you know, these books and, and, and some people can't get, you know, posh butter beans from Brindisa. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, it, it's kept my food hopefully a bit grounded mm. in the fact that whilst I would love everyone to shop at farmers markets that's never yeah. you know that's not going to happen for a very long time no. I think it's a very good way of thinking about it um, I remember I once had a conversation with a publisher about I can't even remember what ingredient it was but there was something that I didn't think of as super hard to find or, or difficult and it was vetoed yeah. from a project because it was decided it was too difficult to get hold yeah. of and I think there is a really fine balance that needs to be found. Yeah. But I think it's an important one because you don't want to write recipes that people can't make. Mm, you know, mm, why? Mm. What would be the point? It's yeah. almost showing off just by going, look at how amazing I am, yeah. but you'll never be able to cook yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. And I think having it grounded is a really good yeah. way. But I would also say that your food is grounded. Um, and it, I've had many debates with people, and it's happened on the podcast as well, about mm. uh, clean eating. And I've never thought of your food in that way at all because... It has that grounding, mm. and it, I don't know. There's something just very different about it, and I think it comes from something I've seen. I've, I've read a lot of interviews with you the last day or two, <laughs> and there's something you say in almost every interview, and it's about um, joy and about food actually just tasting good. Mm. And I think mm. it's interesting to see that be the most important thing in a health conscious book. Yeah, it's not often the case. Yeah, no, I don't think so. And I think for me. I mean, the whole clean eating debate is kind of crazy, isn't it? And it's kind of spiralled <laughs> yeah. a little bit out of control. And for me, I'm just like, I just don't know that the focus is on the right thing. Yeah. A lot of those articles have been about like the fact that, you know, some of the people are from really rich backgrounds mm. or posh schools or whatever. And actually, that's got nothing to do with whether or not you right can now. cook. And that bit annoys me. Mm. And I really wish the volume could just be turned down to zero yeah. on all of that stuff. Um and I, but I do think, you know, the whole movement in general has created more interest, more mm. engagement in eating vegetables, in, 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 yeah. in, in looking at what we eat. And I totally welcome that. But, yeah, I think for me, like, there is so much, you know, there can be so many negative emotions around food. Yeah, and completely. I know that from, you know, having people very close to me who've had difficult relationships mm. with food. Um, and for me, I'm really lucky that I've been brought up, you know, by a mum and dad. And, I, you know, I've gone through my life having a pretty good relationship yeah. with my body. And, you know, that is not saying that, you know, my body has changed and gone up and down, especially, you know, when yeah, you yeah. have a baby, lots of things <laughs> change. Um, but um, When you work on a cake book. Yeah, when you work on a cake book. I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, but, yeah, I think 
it's the responsibility of people who work in food to stand up and shout about the joyful things that are around eating because there is so much noise around all the weird nutrition all the kind of you know the fads the diet things that don't call themselves diets but are actually diets the you know the kind of the negative connotations of stuff but actually food in its essence is about joy is Mm. about sharing and I think the more we kind of like shout about those amazing emotions yeah the better and yeah i mean it, it the bottom line for me is is it's got to taste good like yeah. before i do anything i once described your book to someone um it, who was it basically was they wanted a book that was vegetarian focused but they didn't want anything that was you know clean eating in yeah. air quotes because yeah. you can't yeah. see that <laughs> and um i basically said look get anna's books because Irregardless of how healthy they are, they are damn delicious, and that to me is the most important mm, thing. Mm. What, you know, as much as I like to try and stay vaguely healthy, it's not mm. in the first thing in my mind. Yeah, the first thing in my mind is how good does it taste? Yeah. And to me, it's nice that your food yeah. is almost incidentally healthy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know that's not where you come from because you like to have the health element there. Yeah. But to me, the joy is that it's just really delicious. Mm, and, oh, mm. by the way, it's, it's really yeah. healthy. You know? Well, you know what? I don't like. I never really think about the health oh, element. Good too much it's kind of like this is just how I eat and um, you know I do I will eat like I do eat like normal cake I do eat sugar I do eat bread I do eat all the things but I a lot of my recipes are definitely for things that are sometimes a bit healthier whilst that are like still fully fledged like legitimate all sugar all butter all all normal (laughs) flour cakes I you know, I just switched that up with a few differences yeah. as well. And I think it's just like you, Ed. Like, it's like just heroing the flavour yeah. and making sure that those layers, those textures, that all of that is there yeah. in every single bite, you know, and that, you know, the whole experience of eating is there as well, I think. No, completely. I I read a line of something you said, and to me it kind of sums that up. I can't remember where the interview was. I think it might have been Vogue. And it basically, probably, I don't. It probably was Vogue. I mean, Vogue. I'm constantly in there every week, Vogue. You know, next to my interviews. No. <laughs> uh, you put something like, "I don't consider cakes a toasted cheese sandwich or a big bowl of pasta as indulgent. It's food to be celebrated." And I thought there was something really simple, but also something wonderful about that because, and I think the press has played a part in this. In the last year, to a certain degree, I don't think someone who writes food that is majoritively healthy. Is allowed to say that. It seems weird yeah. that someone whose books are really healthy would say that. Yeah. But I think that's actually a really wonderful thing that you actually have that balance. And I think mm. that's incredibly important. Mm. But I think it's weird. Like, I think everyone... I think the more you kind of, like... I think quite often publishers, like, PRs, like, and, you know, people on TV want to kind of, like, pigeonhole yes. people. They yeah. want you to have, like... Your thing. A, a thing, like a USP or, a, like, a hook. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of, you know, I'm really lucky that, actually, my publishers are very generous and have never have yeah. never tried to do that. But I just want to make food. Yeah. Like, all the cooks I love yeah. are just Obsessed cooks. with food, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like, Nigel Slater, for instance, he hasn't got a hook. 
He just loves eating. He just loves cooking. Yeah, you can't imagine Nigel ever writing yeah. a book on ten recipes yeah. for bowl food. Or, exactly. You know, he just like goes that. in and he just uses the beautiful things he has and he turns them into something. And all the cookbooks I really love. Yeah. Like they don't have like a crazy hook. They yeah. don't have a crazy theme. It's just like you know we were talking earlier about your you know your last baking book. Yeah. It, it's kind of like a whole arc. It's yeah. like the whole world of baking. It's not like you know. Although I've being completely honest, I've always had to fit that into a hook. Mm. I have written pitches for things that are much, uh, much more in that vein of an ingredient or uh, mm. much wider mm. than anything I've done previously. And have been shouted down. Yeah. It's always been, it has to be something very hooky. You can't sell it yeah. unless it's got a hook yeah. on. Um, but I agree with you. I, I love those books where it is just celebrating food continuously. Yeah. You know, I'm a massive fan of Nigel Slater. Um, Nigel, if you're listening, I would happily have you on the podcast. Yeah, shout um, out to <laughs> But no, I think, I think there is something really joyful about letting a cook who is creative, whose work you like, go yeah. and just watch what they come back with. Yeah. And I think you get something more interesting because you get to see an entire range of what that person can yeah. do rather than pitching themselves mm. in to a field of something yeah. which is why I think your books have something for everybody mm. because it covers such a wide range of things and for different occasions different you know moods yeah, even I hope so um, thank you thank you no I'm blushing you can't these, see I mean these podcasts blushing. are basically just you know, making people feel good about oh, themselves All I mean I needed this I needed this <laughs> on a cold Monday afternoon you know who doesn't it's like a bit of therapy <laughs> yeah this will be uh, 300 pounds for some Fine. very expensive yeah I'll pay it gladly <laughs> Um, in a throwaway line in an interview that I read, um, see, I told you I did read a lot. Um, you said you were going to cook for your own wedding. Did you? No, Thank no, no, God. no, 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 no. Someone um, madly suggested I was going to cook for my own <laughs> wedding, and I, I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe it would be okay. I thought like the few days before I would just prep it all, and then someone else would obviously do it on the day, yeah. put it all together. Um, but no, thankfully, someone convinced me out of that. Um, and we actually had the most insane, incredible. Um, I have to say, I read something about it and it seemed such a beautiful day. They've been like, uh, they've become really good friends actually. Um, Yeah, they made, they did these incredible platters. You know when someone just totally gets where you're coming Mm -hmm. from and they got it and I went and did this amazing tasting at their house and they took each family of vegetables. So, you know, like squashes or, um, you know, sort of peppers and aubergines or... Um, beans and they just did like 10 different variations on you know the whole family Mm. so you've got a whole kind of like experience of each individual vegetable on this platter with like 10 different Mm. flavors on and I literally came and they'd done like you know 15 of those (laughs) I was literally like hmm okay um so yeah, that was really So fun. they catered your wedding just for the tasting, it sounds uh, like. Well, it, yeah, it, it probably could have fed half the wedding, actually. Um, but yeah, that was definitely, for me, the most fun part. Of, yeah. Of, of, obviously, I can't the day imagine was amazing, but... anyone cooking for their own wedding. No, I do know. I used to work with an amazing food stylist um, called Ginny Rolfe, who you may or may not have at Jamie Oliver's. And she, I think she yes, cooked for yeah. her wedding. Wow. Yeah. I know people, yeah. I've been asked many times if I've met my own wedding cake. And that's yeah. always no. Yeah. I don't think there's somehow joy in making something yourself for those events, even though it would be to your yeah. taste and blah, yeah. blah, blah. I think it's nice to let go. And I think it's really amazing you. to let go. Mm. I think um, I think when you do what we do, so our, I, I'm so visual, a lot of what I do is yeah. about kind of like 
you know, as well as food styling, kind of styling props and yeah. and kind of environment. So a wedding is kind of like a little bit of everything that I do. <laughs> yeah. So trying to kind of like stand back and be like, I'm cool with this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm cool with those flowers going there. I don't, just... want, I don't want them three inches to the right. Yeah. <laughs> Walking down the aisles, moving things out the way. <laughs> no, actually, I there is so much around the wedding. And, and by that, I don't mean, you know, stuff to do. It's such a huge emotional experience yeah, course, yeah. that... I was like the day before I was like out yeah. was checked out I was kind of in this kind of weird wedding bubble um, of amazingness um, so obviously you do um, food writing food styling um, but you're one of those rare people that does everything in that you also prop style yes so how do you find the difference and what's the connection between the other two and prop styling and for those who don't know prop styling is obviously the stuff you put the food on. Yeah, yeah. For me, it seems like there's a big synergy between yes. the three of them, and and it would feel really weird to me to have lot three individuals, kind of one cooking, one doing, you know, food styling, yeah. and one writing the recipe. For me, it's kind of like a whole, you know, sort of little round. I'm I'm, I'm making little round <laughs> symbols with my hands, which I realise doesn't work when you're recording something with just voice. Um, but yeah, it's like a big sort of whole world of of each dish mm. and the prop side is really important to me because I think it tells a story I try and like yeah, use definitely. as much as I can stuff from my house and I try and shoot stuff in my home so it's kind of very natural environments rather than you know very set up places um I'd love to shoot my own home it's just not pretty enough yeah, well, <laughs> actually nor's mine really but I just have to find little corners when we did the book shoot we were literally shooting some of them like the last bit of light was in like the back bedroom and so we'd, yeah. we'd always find ourselves at like you know 10 to 4 because we were shooting it in January like all huddled like this photographer I'd never really met before he'd come over from New York we'd all be like seven of us like standing on the spare bed like trying to get the last bit of light I was uh, shooting last week uh, in uh, January still Mm. and again we had the exact same thing where I was concentrating on the shot and it was, it was beautiful and we were all really concentrating on it and then we finished the shot and I turned around and it was pitch black behind us because we'd got that tiny last little bit of light Um, but yeah, I do think you're telling a story yeah. when you're doing props and styling and the food. Mm. And I think, uh, I've always thought, I mean, I remember the second my, my book that you worked on, I think the images have a very distinct story in them because they often reflect the situation because the book yeah. was all about occasions. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's definitely something I think that you do really well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I also for me, like I've been... This week I went down to this amazing um, sort of uh, ceramics pottery place called Turning Earth. I love Turning Earth. Um, which is so beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about that, like, connection with the earth, about that connection with farmers, about that connection with, like, makers. Mm. And, you know, and that connection is just as important for me, you know. Mm. They're there turning literal earth yeah. into plates that we are then taking stuff from the earth cooking yeah. on it and putting it on top of those plates so yeah. you know on a very primal level that's all so interconnected mm. and I think that you know those so so honouring the food that mm. you've spent ages cooking by putting it in a nice vessel or on something that you know 
reflects the colour of it or something. And I, I think that's a huge thing. You know, obviously as a food stylist, like I think eating with your eyes is a massive thing. And I think actually there's lots of different ways we get sated by food. Yeah. I think one of them obviously is like, you know, the flavours, the, the lemon, the chilli, all the synapses going and telling us that we're having this delicious plate of food. Yeah. I think another dimension is like, you know, the sustenance of the food, whether it's a hearty grain or whether there's yeah. a mash and whether it's physically filling us up. And then I think the other one is kind of like, you know, the anticipation and actually seeing the food come to the table and getting all those taste buds going. And yeah. I think that's a big part of like the kind of like that little triangle of like why and how we feel full and how we feel satisfied so you know it sounds like it's a whole load of poncing around with bucket (laughs) leaves and and sometimes it is but I do think there's something in it taking an extra couple of minutes to rather than slop something into a bowl to you know put something in nicely pop a couple of little leaves or something on Mm. top whether it's and I think it's even more important when you're doing it for yourself Mm. because you are like honoring yourself you're giving yourself a little bit like hey you know this is actually this is actually a meal time I'm actually like honoring this time I think Um, I do think sometimes that um there is a weird disconnect between cooking and especially kind of cookbooks food tv and actual eating in that You know, TV and, and cookbooks has this beautiful idea of how we should eat, but then actually, sadly, it's not always the case, you know. Mm. It might just be something thrown into a bowl and then yeah. given out. Yeah. Whereas I think there is something really joyful about having people around a table mm. and then eating together, sharing in that moment mm. together. Mm. Um, when I was a kid, um, we always did that. My parents made a very uh, discerned effort to always have dinner around the table yeah. whatever it was yeah, it could yeah, have been something yeah. super That's simple too, yeah. but having that moment together eating and enjoying each other's company mm. and enjoying the food and that connection with each other I think is mm. incredibly important mm. and isn't something that we are able to do as easily these days no. um, which is why I think the, one of the things that was interesting about the book or both books is that you seem to have that in mind I think when you wrote them because yeah. you write a lot about you know understanding that pressure of having to rush in from a long yeah, day and then still yeah. wanting to make something delicious. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's reflected in the food that you do. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, I think for me that was a big part of growing up in exactly the same way where we ate sitting mm. around the table every night and when I was talking earlier about like having quite a reasonable relationship with food and with my body and stuff, I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. The fact that I sat down and had a really normal meal, you know, every night at home and, you know, it was joyful and it was, you know, it might not have always been, you know, groundbreaking food but it was yeah. delicious and it was shared and it was a really lovely experience yeah um and I try and do that kind of for my for my little boy but you know you're talking about kind of cooking shows earlier and I think we you know there's some crazy statistic now that we watch yeah. we watch more cooking shows than ever I think it's yeah. like 60% more than we did a few years ago and you know but we cook less and less and less and less yeah. and less and it was the same with cookbooks someone saw me stat that the average amount of recipes people cook from every cookbook they buy is one. That's you know, so one crazy, recipe per book. And I, I understand how that's true, and mainly because people probably buy a lot of cookbooks and don't yeah. get around to cooking yeah. from them. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily a problem as long as you know those books are inspiring people. Yeah, um, absolutely. But I do, I, I long for the ideal of people cooking all the time. Yeah. Because I know how much joy it brings me, mm. and I know how much joy it can bring to people. Yeah. And I think it would be nice to if other people can see that for themselves but I, I know it's so. not that easy you know? no it's not that easy and actually I, I, it's really you know the last um, sort of 15 months since I had my little boy it's mm. really hammered things home to me yeah. like 
how time is at a premium. Before, I, I used to like just be a bit of a div. I used to just think, well, how hard is it to make a bloody bechamel? Like, come on, <laughs> it's not that difficult. But obviously, I'm coming from a chefing background yeah. now. You know, with a baby in one hand, mm. with ten million things to do, trying to be a bit a working mom, even though I am a cook. Yeah, yeah. It's actually, I actually feel like I've kind of like I've got it. Like mm. I've got how difficult it is to really fit cooking into your life. I remember reading an interview with um, Diana Henry when her mm. um, her book Simple came out last year. Yeah. And she said she she wrote a book and I can't remember its name. It might have been simple as well. It was a really early book and it was all about cooking simply again. Yeah. And she had something very similar about she uh, refused to put a recipe in that book if she couldn't make it whilst holding her kid in her arm. Yeah. Everything had to be kind of thrown in the oven. Yeah. Whereas her more recent book, Simple, now her kids have grown up slightly. Yeah. It's an adapted version of yeah. the idea. So I think, I was wondering, has your food changed, like what you eat, not just what you feed Dylan, but has what you eat yourselves um, changed since you've had a child? I mean, it's definitely changed. Sure. It's become much simpler. Uh, for the first, I would say for the first six months, I didn't really cook. John, John <laughs> cooked every night. And everyone was, everyone is literally to John, like, you so, must be so lucky. John's my husband. <laughs> no, no, I was going to say, um, what's John like as a cook he's compared really to you? Good. Okay, he's good. a really good cook. Because um, there's nothing worse uh, than having to cook for a cook. No, he's, and he's amazing. He's, he's the one person who really just cooks me and like you know yeah. always cooks amazing food but doesn't really he doesn't ever feel like yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, cooking yeah. for someone who's a cook I'm cooking um, for Anna Jones I'm cooking for someone who yeah, is yeah, a cook yeah, yeah, whereas yeah. some people do feel a bit like oh god I don't want us to burn or whatever yeah. but I just always feel so appreciative that of anyone course. has ever cooked anything yeah, for me um, but yeah I've lost my train of thought now uh, good. it was about um, him cooking for you oh yeah so for six months I hardly even cooked mm. um, and I felt like a bit of a phony because I was literally like yeah yeah I'm a cook with Gawther I haven't cooked for like two months just posting um, what he's cooked to you on Instagram yeah so, yeah exactly <laughs> um, so now we are definitely cooking much more simple stuff yeah. and the stuff that you know like Diana was talking about where you can just literally stick it in the oven mm. come back to it an hour later after you put you know children to bed um I've always been quite an impatient cook, so none sure. of my recipes take like two and a half hours because I just <laughs> yeah. cannot be bothered. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely changed. And I mean, I also your taste changed. My yeah. taste changed a lot while I was pregnant. Is there anything that you stopped liking? Because I've oh, had yeah. friends who've had that. I mean, I stopped liking anything healthy. Really? Yeah. Oh, completely. Oh, no, I do remember reading something. You said you started craving like really uh, white carbs, like yeah. lots of refined oh, white yeah. carbs. Oh, yeah, white carbs, anything white. Wow. So the two things I probably ate the most before that, yeah. which was like sort of greens, like leafy greens mm. and sweet potatoes and squash. I literally could not even have anywhere near me. I couldn't wow. even look at a picture of what I was wow. pregnant. And all I wanted to eat was, was mash and chips. <laughs> and at one point I asked John if it was okay to have mash and, and chips. chips. And he was a bit like, he didn't say no, because obviously I was pregnant and he didn't want to be a div. <laughs> he's not the kind of guy who would ever like think that he has like, yeah, 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 yeah. a reason to tell me what to do. But wow. he, I think he was a bit like... Don't think it's the best idea. Maybe hold back on that, babe. <laughs> I was like, okay. My um, uh, so... flatmate, who's not pregnant, <laughs> uh, he has the, and obviously because he's a he, but uh, he has this thing where. Uh, he loves a mash sandwich. Oh my god! Yeah. So whenever I do, whenever I cook, I have to make the mash because yeah. that's my job in yeah. in our house. And um, he always makes more, so he can have it in a sandwich, yeah. oh preferably with peas. 
Oh, I'm sure that'd be delicious. I mean, if I ever get pregnant again, I'll come around to your house and have a yeah, mash sandwich. Yeah, they'll make sandwich. you a special. They'll make you a sandwich. And I'm sure if you ask nicely, he'll put some chips in there too. Yeah, that would be amazing. I won't actually tell him about the chips because I think he will go insane and think that's amazing. Yeah, so, you know. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, a really, it was really interesting for me because all of my cravings have you know especially since I kind of changed the way I, I eat a mm. bit not in a dramatic dramatic diety way but I sort of started relying on whole foods a bit more um I a lot of my cravings for sweet stuff and for you know stodgier food went away but when I became pregnant they definitely came back <laughs> and you know I just actually embraced it because yeah. I was like this isn't going to be forever yeah um you know it's and obviously I wasn't eating you know sort of fried chicken you know (laughs) gummy sweets or whatever it was within reason but I I, I gave myself a bit of a break and I think we all just have to do that sometimes don't we I remember reading something you wrote for the pool I think it was last year and it was an amazing piece actually Um, and it was kind of it was about clean eating but it it was about how Actually, what you should be doing is more mindful mm. things. And you said uh, there was something about listening to your, what your body wants. Mm. And like, if you eat something and you don't feel very good after, maybe you shouldn't eat it, kind mm. of thing. Mm. And I guess the same is true if you're, you know, pregnant and your body says, "I want chip sandwiches," or yeah. you know, whatever. Absolutely. Maybe that's what you need. And you know what? I wholeheartedly believe with every cell of my body mm. that you know, a green juice eaten in a rush, you know, blitzed up put in a weird plastic container and drank, you know, on the bus yeah. when you're feeling a bit stressed about going to work and actually it tastes a little bit weird and you don't really want a green juice, what you really want is a donut. You know, <laughs> it's going to have way less nutrition yeah. than a delicious pizza and yeah. some beers eaten around the table with some friends. Yeah. I, I think there is so much more to the experience of eating yeah. than the nutrients in in, in the glass or, it, or, or on the plate. I think one of the biggest things about food for me is and this is you know a kind of slightly pretentious term is how it nourishes your soul yeah and I think there's something incredible about how food can bring people together but how it can make you feel happier and I think if you're denying yourselves that constantly it's just going to make you feel miserable yeah so I definitely think the way your approach to food of being you know you can eat healthy as part of your diet, but it doesn't have to be yeah, all the time. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a balance. It's a much more nice approach mm, than I kind of so. that extreme end of deny yourself everything because mm. that's not fun. And mm. It's just going to be miserable. No, it's not. And I think the thing is, is that when you do start changing one little change or or or, or slightly shifting how you eat, mm. I think you do feel different, and you know you are going to adapt things yeah. because you don't want like I don't want to walk around dragging my body with me you know <laughs> wanting to sleep after every meal yeah. it's just it's not fun yeah. um, and I think you know the more you sort of take baby steps into that um, the better but I, I, I think this kind of like doctrine of like removing one certain thing yeah. is just you know it's silly well it's silly and it's also you know it, to us it's silly to me and you it's silly mm. because we have a reasonable relationship with food with our mind with our bodies mm. for, for people who don't have those things in place and for whatever reason perhaps have a difficult relationship with food it's it can be disastrous yeah. like I've seen oh, friends who can eat a chocolate bar and they can still be worrying about it three weeks later Whoa. you know it's just it's it, it the guilt and the kind of like negative associations yeah. um, are massive so that's why I think 
you know, everyone in food has got a responsibility yeah, to no, talk about the stuff they love eating, but also not to make anything negative or evil or bad because yeah that i think in some ways that was the one of the things that instantly put me off the whole just the term clean eating is the idea that if there's clean eating that means there's also dirty eating and that should never be associated with food no um and so for me i don't like any form of diet that makes you feel like you have to deny yourself something because that's not a nice way to live or, you know, if you want to be healthy, you cannot eat this. Or, yeah. you know, I've always been much more of the mind of um, balance. Yeah. Balance is key. Yeah, yeah. And I think if you can live a happy life and you can live, you know, uh, a healthy life and be happy and enjoy what mm. you're doing, that's mm. obviously the best mm. thing to do. Mm. Mm. Um, so, yeah, none of that. <laughs> none of that, thank you. None of that, thank no, you. No, no, no. But going back to when you were working with Jimmy, when you decided that it was time to go on your own... Then did you kind of go, okay, I want to do this or... Like, was a book in your mind at that point um, or... Because you weren't freelance for very long before your first no, book came around. Um, so I I actually wrote... Um, I got an offer to write a book with, with Innocent. You know, yeah, this movie come... Yeah, because you just people. written that yeah, maybe when we yeah, met? Yeah, when we worked mm. together, I think. Um, so that was a really lovely experience. Mm. It was a book called um, Hungry, which um, sadly I don't think is in print anymore. It had a massive print run and then kind of like... Done, yeah. yeah. Done. Um, and that was all about family cooking. So it was all about cooking with kids. It was really fun. I made loads and loads of amazing friends because the people who work for Innocent are just the greatest nice. people ever. They yeah. employ whoever is their HR department is smashing it because they just have the funnest, greatest, most creative people working there. And I made some amazing friends working on that book. Um, but yeah, that was kind of my um, project I had mm. to kind of like step into yeah. um, just after I, I left um, working for Jamie Oliver. But I remember people literally being like, what? I mean, you work for Jamie Oliver and you cook with him all day long. Like, why are you leaving that <laughs> job? And I was, I did feel a little bit at times like it took me about three years to build up to it because yeah. it was such a cool job. And people um, seem to stay there a long time. People stay there a really Everyone long I know time. who's worked for Jamie have worked for him for a long yeah. time. They've not like, been there for like a year, you know. I don't really know that there's that many other people who've actually left. I think it's such a tight family. Yeah. Um, and I have to say, the day I sort of told everyone I was leaving, I was like inconsolable. Was, sure. I'm not a big crier. Like, <laughs> well, I say that. I'm I, like, I cry at adverts, but like in my general, like. <laughs> I'm not a crier, but oh my God, that dog food advert just got me. Yeah, but in my general day to day, sort of like normal, yeah, non yeah. kind of like weird, soppy advert life, um, <laughs> I don't cry that easily. Sure. Um, but yeah, that it was a huge emotional thing. Yeah. Um, and you know it has been a brilliant decision and I think I had been vegetarian for a while while I was still working for Jamie Oliver and I really felt that um the kind of food I wanted to eat and the kind of food I was making wasn't really didn't really exist no um in cookbooks and there wasn't really that offering apart from a couple of lovely um blogs that I still you know reference a lot um, my new roots and 101 cookbooks in case anyone wants to know <laughs> I didn't know um, you were going to mention <laughs> um, so they um, were kind of like a real part of um, changing how I looked at food yeah. but I felt like I had this stuff to say about food that yeah. um, that I couldn't 
really do while I was working for Jamie. So well, I remember when um, when we did our shoot. Well, I can't remember how long we did it over. Maybe three weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the shoots were about cake. Like yeah. every day there was cake. Yeah. So there was sugar everywhere, and. At lunchtime, you just have nowhere. These amazing salads would just appear, <laughs> and we'd have these amazing like platters of just awesome food every day. Mm. Um, and so, it, I, I definitely remember thinking uh, because you were so—I um, don't know. There was something very exciting about the way you talked about food and the way you are, because you're a very engaging person. Um, yes. That I was convinced that a book would be in the offing very, very yeah. soon, just because you have that personality, but also your food is also incredible oh. and so um thanks for backing me man <laughs> <laughs> well actually that book tells all to do with me i put a really good word in <laughs> no but i just I, de- I definitely remember thinking oh okay this is not my usual necessarily my usual food stylist you know yeah. this is someone who's going to go a yeah. long way um and so i was really really pleased when that first book came out mm-hmm. and then doubly pleased when it was really really good <laughs> because you i think everyone's first book is a, is a, a learning curve. You know, yeah. you learn a lot. And I think you probably had a benefit of having, A, you'd written the book for Innocent. Yeah. You'd worked on so many yeah. projects with Jamie. Yeah. Um, but it felt like a, a book by someone who knew what they were doing. Yeah. It felt very confident. Well, I think so. I think I really poured my heart into yeah. that book. And um, that was, you know, the culmination of quite a few years of cooking in that way yeah. and writing recipes for lots of other people and coming up with a recipe and being like, no, I really like that one. I'm going to keep that just in case I do that in the, the future. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And I do think I definitely had the experience of working on mm. lots of other people's books and styling lots of other people's books, which meant... Um, yeah, I could go into it with, with knowing a bit more and also knowing how many cookbooks exist in the world yeah. and knowing that if I wanted someone to spend £25, not that it's ever that price, by the way, <laughs> check out the other retailers, um, uh, uh, that I wanted it to be... I wanted it to be a proper book. You it know, was, yeah. Filled with a lot of recipes and a lot of kind of like how my head works around cooking and I'm not saying that anyone you know necessarily wants just my head how my head works around cooking but for me like what I love learning about from chefs and cooks is like why why did you do that like how do you put a recipe together like why did you layer that flavor um and I think that's really fascinating Mm. for me as a chef but I think that's even more fascinating for people who don't have that vocabulary around food. Yeah. I always like compare it to um, like my brother when he hears a song, he will hear the bass drum, he will hear the bass guitar, he will hear like what effect pedals, yeah. effects pedals are on there. Whereas I'll just hear a song, and I think it's the same with some people with food. Like you might hear something and be like, yeah, "That's yeah. got yuzu in it. That's yeah. got, um, you know, that's got like you know Korean chili or whatever." Whereas some people would be like, oh, it's got lots of sugar and butter in it. That's spicy. Um, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, and, and I think so. So I think, kind of like opening up beyond like the simple confines of a recipe to be like, this is how a a, a food brain works. I think both of your books did that really well because both of your books aren't just recipes. They have a point to them. You know, one of them was all about... um, I'm going to forget now. There was rest, not recipe plans. Um, kind of mind maps, I guess. Yeah. yeah of like how but it, to... They were definitely yeah. a window mm. into your style of cooking. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and I do think they weren't just 
a collection of recipes they mm. offered something mm-hmm. more I hope so um, but I would definitely say that I mean I'm not just kind of blowing smoke I would say that you and people like um, Alice Hart yeah. have both really reinvigorated vegetarian yeah. cooking Alice is so amazing I mean Anna's book is beautiful like it's I, <laughs> I did a pitch once and um, I I love the cover of Alice's books, which is more of the style of it for yeah, a pitch. Yeah. Um, but also the recipes are, again, you know, yeah. brilliant vegetarian yeah. recipes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, She's amazing. But I think that kind of... I don't know whether it's... I think it's probably a bit of both. I think you both of you landed at the right time, but also you created that time. Mm, you mm. know, if you hadn't been there, maybe we wouldn't have been doing vegetarian cooking in yeah. quite the same way. Yeah. Um, but I do, th- I do think, you know, if you are looking for kind of healthy ways to look your book is always one of the ones where I go, okay, mm. I'm going to have a look because mm-hmm. I know yeah. I can trust your recipes. Yeah. And I know they work because the amount of people that tell me they love your mm. recipes mm. is a lot. That is so know. good to hear because literally I can't tell you the, the fear with which I sent that book into the world. I was like, please, <laughs> let that work. Um, well, yeah, yeah, and that, that first book led to you being called The New Nigella yeah, by right, many mean, people. We're so similar, me and Nigella. <laughs> She is like a complete heroine of mine. So any comparison with her, her. if someone to me, uh, compare me to Nigella, I wouldn't mind. Uh, it's fine. Oh my god, I met her about a month. I, I was offered this job to work with her, literally about three weeks before my son was born, and I completely stopped. Like, I hadn't stopped working, but I'd stopped doing shoots yeah, because. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't really fair to the people that I was in shoots with because I couldn't really carry anything. I was like, I was still fine, but Style everything everything was a little bit slower, and I was a little bit further away from the plate. Um, but um, I mean, she was just such a complete, yeah. all-round fox, like yeah. such a babe, so warm, so yeah. full of just generosity and knowledge and you know she talked to me about everything from mm. you know from give her birth experiences <laughs> to kind of like there was no hold bar wow. and I, I I just you know you know they say kind of like don't meet your heroes yeah. in this case it was Do. a very good experience yeah. I think mainly because of the generation that I'm from the three people in food that I've always wanted to meet is Jamie Nigella and Nigel yeah. three people I haven't met <gasps> Oh um, my goodness! I don't know, I'd like to get sort, on the podcast. We need to sort that out. Um, Surely. I, I'm also very nervous of meeting those people because yeah. there are people that I grew up watching on TV and in mm. different ways have influenced mm. my, uh, you know, desires and what I want to do with food. Mm. Um, I've emailed with Nigel. Yeah. But I'd never, never got fed with that. Yeah. I used to see him in his window. I used to live next door to him yeah. or just around the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, those two people to me are very. Uh, important to me kind of growing up and going oh food could yeah, be something I would yeah. like to do well yeah I think Nigella for me was the one just invite because... them all to your next book launch yeah okay to. great yeah great <laughs> um, but yeah for me because I there were so many male chefs around and all yes. of a sudden there was this lady and I mean I love Delia she's a right babe but I didn't want to be anything nope, like uh, Delia nope. whereas when Nigella came on I was like yeah right. Yeah. She she looks pretty cool. Yeah. Like I can be like her, and not that I have turned out anything like or as good as Nigella, but um, <laughs> she just added like a sort of like generosity and yeah. sort of like an unashamed kind of femininity and warmth yeah. around food, Completely. which I hadn't seen. Um, no, yeah. I mean someone was talking to me the other day about um, kind of phanocratic and uh, and then Delia and you know women in the kitchen were very matronly mm, mm. and a very specific role mm. and I don't think um, I'm sure there may have been other people around that era of mm. Nigella but for me Nigella was that first person that I yeah. thought 
oh, food is just this really fun, yeah. utterly wonderful yeah. thing Tactile, about warmth joyful, and friends. And, yeah, and yeah. Jamie, for me, was the kind of male version of that. Yeah, absolutely. Some guy just running around a kitchen hitting yeah. pots and pans yeah. and, you know, throwing And not being chefy and not having a chef's jacket on and not wanting yes. to make, you know, weird, like, gels and mousses out of... Let's make an aspic. Mousses mm. out of chicken. I mean, what the hell? When did that ever... When was that ever nice to eat? Like, I don't get it. It's 1980s? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was never nice to eat. No. Um, but, yeah, so there... Do you think they're your heroes? Uh, uh, in certain ways, I would mm. guess. Um, You're kind of like mainstream heroes. Yeah, they're the people that I remember fondly watching when mm. I was a kid mm. and thinking, food looks fun. Yeah. And I would make, you know, make an appointment. I would make a point to watch these people on TV. Yeah. Like Nigella, I made sure I watched every episode. Yeah, yeah, and I'm still, yeah. if I'm ill... Yeah. There's nothing nicer than watching yeah, an episode of so Nigel that made me feel better. So comforting. I actually, I have to say, I find Nigel Slater, like, yeah. watching him so comforting. Because he's just got yeah. such a lovely softness. lilt and a softness. And... He used to do um, a TV show. It was a daytime show, I think. And he would have a celebrity. And the Food he would... Stories one where he was I, I loved that. it. I know, it's so It was cool. so, I like, know. it was such a kind of simple, simple show. Daytime show. Like, no production value yeah. whatsoever. It was wonderful. It was just telling their story in food. The way he would talk to them and the way he would kind of coach them into like revealing yeah. their life story was And beautiful. then he'd cook a little, yeah. just a really simple recipe with them and say, this is what you used to make with your grand. Yeah. It's what you I'm used sure to have with dad's knee. Oh, but it was just so beautiful yeah. and therapeutic. And that's, I think, what I was getting at earlier when I just love things that are like very pure and yeah. simple when it comes to food when it's you know there's not like a race to see which butcher is going to make the biggest pie and then they've got to run to the end and you know <laughs> give it to a vegetarian who then runs it back to the butcher it's yeah. like no, no just I tell totally a story because yeah. food naturally has a story I was saying to someone the other day that um, the love of food to me is very elemental because every single person whether they're not a huge lover of food Everyone has to eat. So everyone to some degree has a love of food. Mm. And everybody can have a conversation with anyone in the world about food. Yeah. Because everyone relates to it. So That's why we're so lucky, Ed. That's (laughs) why we're so lucky. I literally, every... I remember... Because I got my start on a TV show and it kind of changed my path dramatically. Yeah. I remember... Every morning I would wake up after I quit my job and you know Mm. move to London thinking, I'm the luckiest person in the world. And Mm. that has never stopped. Mm. Because... Doing something that is the you know something yeah. so beautiful, I don't think is ever mm. going to feel like work to me. That's quite funny because that's quite a similarity between us, isn't mm. it? Because I actually started on that fifteen show, yeah. and that's kind of a completely obviously nowhere near as kind of like high profile as kind of like the Bake Off or the Bake Off has definitely sure. now become. <laughs> yeah. um, but scarily, uh, scarily um, but yeah, it's kind of quite amazing that. I would never have thought I was a person, no. first of all, to be on TV or go on TV. Oh, God, no. Or to be, um, that that would then be the kind of platform for this amazing mm. new career. I just, I would never have thought that that was a possibility. And it's, it's something that actually really fascinates me in that everyone I've interviewed so far, I don't think, almost to a T, didn't start in food yeah. or had another career. And something drew, drew them into food. Mm. And that is something that fascinates me. What is the thing that made that person change? Mm. Mm. Also, what did their previous job have as an influence on that current yeah. work in food? Yeah. 
you know, the amount of food stylists that I know that had an art background, yeah. or you know, food photographers that had an art background, and yeah. then to see how that influences their work is something that is endless fascinating yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, we did mention very briefly that you have another book coming out. Yes. Yeah. 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 Can yeah, we yeah. say anything about it? Yet? We can. It yeah. Secret? Well, no, I haven't really said anything about it yet. No, I so, know. In um, all my research, I found so, one line. Yeah. 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 No, there's nothing really about it yet. So, so this is the first chat about my book, but it's very oh, exciting. Good. I can use the word exclusive uh, in the exclusive, intro. Exclusive, exclusive, <laughs> exclusive, as exclusive as this can be. But, uh, yeah. Uh, in that, you are writing a third book. <laughs> you know, I'm writing. Yeah, I'm writing another book, and I've been. Yeah, I'm writing it at the moment. Um, I was actually it was supposed to be written a while ago but it turns out having a baby actually takes up quite a lot of time I just thought I'd be tapping away while Dylan slept and just, just be... laying in your arms but yeah I mean one he, hand. he is amazing but yeah it's definitely a lot there's a lot more to do than I'd expected mm. um so um yeah um I've yeah I'm writing a new book it's actually um hopefully got quite a gentle theme it's all just really about how i cook through the year so it's more the ebb and flow of a year rather than you know asparagus in may and whatever it's more just like sort of the gentle kind of like inform the way the seasons inform how things change in my kitchen really um do we know yeah, when it's and that's out? all it is. Yeah, it's out. On, it's out on the fifth of October. <laughs> it doesn't have a title yet because I'm really rubbish at thinking of titles. So if it's anyone can think thing. of a title, yeah. then please let me know. Ed, get a your new thinking modern cap on. Way to cook. Yeah, it's, I, I think we've parted ways with the, think, with the modern mm, way now. Yeah, yeah. but I, mean, <laughs> I think a third would be overkill. Yeah, sure. it served me well, and yes. and I think it was really difficult to name the first two because I was trying yeah. to get across the way I felt like this was a new way of eating for me. I'm mm-hmm. sure it wasn't for you know there were people who've been eating that way for you know millennia but it was new for me and so I, think I wanted to whole, get that definitely get that across a new perspective um, definitely but yeah so very who, exciting who knows now? yeah very exciting so we're going to take it to our shopping list Ooh. so uh, this is our multiple choice round and it's just a little oh, bit fun oh so, um, yes I love a quiz <laughs> I'm really weirdly well, there's competitive there's no correct answers oh, to these oh no it's all the answers are what you want okay so okay, uh, you win every time uh, okay ding 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 uh, so it's just basically your preference between different things yeah uh, California or Hackney uh, you can also just say I've got know, to say California yeah it's got to be I mean I thought you can say our lovely Hackney oh uh, no <laughs> no I say I love Hackney I've lived here for many years but the sunshine sometimes I love it no. here but yeah yeah I love Definitely. California more. The only problem is now is that they've got a really sucky yeah, president. It's quite so difficult to want to go there. Ha- Hackney now. seems mm. quite a lot more attractive now. <laughs> uh, avocado or chocolate? Oh, I mean chocolate. Ah, okay. Because uh, one of the things I loved about your books is that, I've said this kind of briefly before, is you don't deny things. Like, you never deny yourself certain things. Yeah. And so the book is full of really delicious things. So there's, yeah. you know... Uh, no, it wasn't brownies. It was something that's studded with chocolate, and mm. that doesn't necessarily fit with a lot of people's idea of mm. what is generally healthy eating. Yeah. But I loved the fact that it had this kind of balanced approach. So yeah. I'm glad you said chocolate. Oh, good. Yeah. My husband would also, if I said avocado, he'd be like, "You are lying through your teeth, my friend." <laughs> uh, greens or citrus? Oh, citrus. Yeah. All the way. I knew you were gonna say that only because. Yeah. Um, I, I know how much you love lemon. Mm, That's one of yeah. your favourite, favourite. Yeah, lemons, any kind of citrus. Yeah, I would love to, like... Yeah. I know. remember um, when we were uh, working together, 
years ago now. I mentioned this in um, Catherine Phipps' episode a couple of weeks uh, ago. Yeah. Um, that there was a conversation about love her book, writing. By the way, so got it the other day. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, as soon as I saw the book, my yeah. my moment to you. Really. Because you may not remember this, but we one day we were shooting, and we were talking about how. Um, you know, you had this thought about possibly writing a book on citrus. Yeah. And how everyone just spent the rest of the day talking about how this book on citrus would look. Yeah. And what it would be called. And, yeah. you know, how no one had really done that thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm very happy someone's written this yeah. book. And I think it's a beautiful book. Yeah, so. it's amazing. Yeah, I'm not surprised you'd like it. Um, tea or coffee? Oh, tea. 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 I would yeah. imagine somehow you're not much of a coffee person. I do. I usually have one coffee a day. Yeah. But I'm one of those sort of slightly weird people where if I have too many coffees yeah. every, I, I, it's just not too much. it's not a good place sure. for me I no. just get a bit angsty but I love <laughs> I love a cup of like Earl Grey Lady Grey yeah. like those bergamot scented teas yeah, yeah, yeah. and all of that uh, turmeric or paprika oh I mean the trend I, or the long standing yeah paprika? you know what I'm just I love them both but I've got to say like turmeric sure. I love uh, fresh uh, fresh turmeric yeah at the moment I'm using a lot of yeah, and yeah, through, yeah. especially through the cold yeah definitely you know it feels like it has like properly like you know revival set properties. off quite a few colds this, this winter so yeah. <laughs> yeah with the baby I'm sure there's yeah, more of those I've got to give it, it it's props yeah um, food styling or food writing Oh, that's a really difficult one because mm. I feel like I'm totally well, I think your work is often all-encompassing yeah, your column yeah. you do yourself yeah um your books i'm assuming you do yeah yourself, yeah yeah you know? no i i do and i don't do much styling for other people anymore but mm. i do love doing that yeah. still um so that's a really difficult one i think i i i couldn't really just do Separate one or the two. other because yeah, i yeah. feel like the writing definitely feeds my kind of more my kind of like right brain yeah, yeah. I guess and the the styling really feeds my left brain so that one I'm going to have to sit, <laughs> sit firmly on the fence if that's alright that's absolutely fine um, so our final session is the recycling bin Ooh. which is as I've said in every episode recently is my very subtly ripped off version of Room 101 oh. uh, so what it is is it's just an ingredient or a trend or something in food that you hate or something that you just want to get rid of for any reason, and then you have to convince me to put it in the proverbial recycling oh, bin. Oh, I love this. I love <laughs> this. Um, oh. Okay, so I think I'm going to ask you to put the term foodie in the bin. Okay, okay. Because I... Explain your reasonings. I just think that we are all... We all eat. Yeah. We're all related. To, you know, we are all kind of... We are all foodies. <laughs> Firstly, I just don't like the way the it's way, not the, a way nice the way word. the word sounds. It just is an annoying sounding word. <laughs> um, but secondly, I just feel like food can be a little bit classist mm-hmm. or a little bit kind of like us and them. And I've definitely been like you mm. know guilty of that. I think especially when I first started being a chef, I was like a right food snob. And I mean, <laughs> I still am a bit of a food snob. I feed Dylan like ridiculously expensive yeah. sourdough bread and stuff, but that's my <laughs> choice. And I'm not, you know, I don't want to like look down my mm. nose no. in any way at anyone who makes other decisions. And, sure. and I think the whole foodie thing, um, kind of 
it made a kind of like us and them sort of thing like oh I'm a foodie and and, and and if I kind of like you know go and have a burger from this place or that or this or that or the other mm. it's like a talisman of kind of like you know social standing yes. and I just don't like that about food no, so I agree I think there's something snobby about it but I think there's also something that seems to it also it seems to encompass fetishizing of food mm. where again it's ever so slightly unhealthy because it's obsessive and I, again, I just don't like the way the word sounds. Yeah, I, yeah. I would never use the word foodie to describe myself because I no, just don't like no, the sound of no, it, you know. No. Um, so I, I actually will very happily put that into. Yes! I was about to say I'm going to put that into Room 101, but what I mean is obviously <laughs> the recycling bin. <laughs> so if people want to follow you online, where are you on social media? Yes, my um, I'm at we. We are food, but there's some annoying underscores in there. Quite why I chose this tag, I don't know, but that's another story. So it's we underscore R A R E food. Um, but yeah, if you pop Anna Jones in, I'm usually it will pop, it, it will pop up anyway. Yeah. So yeah, I'm on there. I'm there. Um, I've also got a website, AnnaJones.co.uk. Very um, useful. I was looking at it today. Yeah, and um, yeah, I'm really enjoying kind of updating that a lot and doing lots of lots of lots more blogs and stuff yeah. than I. I sort of was able to when when my son was very little. Yes. So, yeah. And your books are Modern Way to Eat and A Modern Way to Cook. Modern Way to Eat and A Modern Way to Cook and a new unnamed book out on the 5th of October. <laughs> unnamed so. Anna Jones Project. Unnamed. It might just be called Project X. I mean, I think that really suits me. You know what we're talking about? Snobby food. And, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going ch- I'm, I'm to change my name and just become a symbol as well or something. Can't, can, we can't diss that now, actually, because Prince is my number one, number one of all yeah, time. Yeah, there's nothing so. wrong with that. Although yeah. I don't think even he used that for very long. No. I think he realised that people can't call yeah. you a symbol. Yeah. You yeah. can't say, oh, hi, hashtag, yeah. or <laughs> whatever the symbol was, I can't remember. It'd be pretty fun, though. <laughs> I mean, it could be interesting. I you might try it. give it a while. No. Can't imagine having that on your bank card. <laughs> yeah. What's your name? Full name? Hashtag. Hash. Uh, thank you for joining me today. Oh, uh, good luck with so the book. It's so fun. I hope you. Um, I mean, I know it will be good, but I hope it, it yeah. uh, works out for oh, you. Oh, thank you. Thanks, My Ed. And I'm a huge fan of yours. Oh, so thanks. it's it's really. Yes, it's just lovely to sit down and have a long chat about <laughs> That's, food. Do you know what? It's one of the things I really so like about nice. the podcast is I just get to sit down with people and talk about it's food for so an hour. It's nice. Yeah, I think we have.